Mark chapter 11, and we'll start at verse 22. Okay, Mark 11, we're going to read on down to verse 25. Okay, we'll just continue as we go. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your word. Glory to God. And this is the story when Jesus had spoken to the fig tree, and he cursed the fig tree, and it withered. And then on the way back the next day, they come back by the tree, and in verse 21, <laughs> Peter, recalling to remembrance, said unto him in verse 21, Behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. I guarantee you that's not the way he said it. I guarantee you that Peter was eyes were big, and he was jumping and shouting, and I mean, he was so excited that because Jesus had spoke to that fig tree that he would come back the next day and that fig tree would be withered. Now, that's not where I'm really going with this, but we're going to keep going. And Jesus answered, answering, said unto them, have faith in God. Another translation says the actual meaning is have the faith of God. So it's, we're able to say that because God gave us his what? His faith. So have the God kind of faith. And he goes here and he says, uh, Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his, and shall not doubt in his heart, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that which he says shall come to pass. And he shall have whatsoever he says. He shall have whatsoever he says. He says. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe. Say what? When you pray, do what? Believe. Believe where? In your heart. Believe in your heart. Okay. Believe that you receive, and you shall have. I left the thems out because they're in italic. Believe that you shall receive. Believe in your heart. You shall receive, and you shall have. The beautiful thing about it is, is when you believe in your heart, it's because you see it in your heart. You see it is completed. You see it is done. Beautiful, isn't it? Amen. You believe it and you receive it. Okay. Now, in verse 
25 says, And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Let's talk about that for a minute. Now why would he incorporate forgiveness right there in believing to receive? Because it is a heart issue. If your heart is to be full of faith, then you need to believe that God is rewarding you because of your faith. You need to have confidence towards God, right? Hebrews 11.6 says, They that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if forgiveness, if you live in unforgiveness, then you will question whether or not God has truly forgiven you. If you continually walk in unforgiveness, see, the devil's subtle. He'll trick you up. You will continually to agree and mentally assent that God you know, is, you know, who he says he is, but just not, for, maybe not for you. You're not really sure that he forgave you. So there's doubt that's been set up. And it is a heart condition. You don't need unforgiveness affecting your heart. Let me put it that way. Because really unforgiveness, to be honest with you, unforgiveness is a soulish thing. It's in the mind because it always keeps you looking back at what someone has done to you. It always keeps you in your past. It, it has come to keep you bound. Is this making sense to you this morning? So I have to forgive. I have to have a clear heart. To make room for the faith that's working in my heart. Let's, put, let's add something else. Faith works by what? Love. The scripture says, that's caring, same thing. Faith works by love. Turn over real quick to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse, ooh, oh, glory. I like this. I'm going to start at verse 1. It all, start at verse 1. Because it all works together here. It all, it's about forgiveness. Watch this. And we're going to read all the way down to verse 5, brother. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Everybody say peace. With God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified being declared not guilty. 
So what took place? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. This in the ability, the capacity, and the strength of God. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Therefore, we have an expectation of the glory, the view, the opinion, what God has established from before the foundation of the world in his son. We have an expectation of that from our God. Come on now, is this making sense? And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works what? Patience. And patience, experience, and experience an expectation, hope, a godly expectation of only good. And hope maketh not ashamed because... The love of God is where? It's shed abroad in my heart, in our hearts, by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. There's no room for unforgiveness. There's absolutely no room for unforgiveness. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, but your mind, your soul, man, for some reason, and we all know why, is so occupied and influenced by the world system, by your past, by your self-will, by pride, unforgiveness is set up and taken place. So now you're trying to mix, you're trying to take unforgiveness, mix it with faith, and, and, and expect it to produce. The reason you can't forgive is because you're so offended. We all, some of us more than others, have been hurt by our past. So we go get more counseling and more counseling, world counseling, and it makes us feel better for a while, but that thing comes back to haunt you. And it keeps coming back, and you keep going back, and you keep going back to get more counseling, more counseling, when you've already been set free. Because if you're a born-again believer, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. It's a done deal. So what you need is already inside of you but you can't access it you stay tied to your past you stay tied to to offenses and things that people have done to you and things that you feel like they've done whether they've done it or not you stay tied to that so you think you're going to receive something from God you don't have the faith built up to believe that you can receive from God There are people 
who can look at the people closest to them. They don't forgive them, and they can go into the world and look another way. It's a counterfeit. Love starts where? At home. Forgiveness starts where? At home. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. You need the grace of God to help you forgive. But you need to ask for the grace of God in faith, knowing that he is going to deliver. The kind of forgiveness that you need to acquire comes from the love of God that's shed abroad by the Holy Ghost in your heart. And you need the grace of God because it's his love, so it's, it's his grace, it's his strength, it's his ability. <laughs> Amen? That you need. You can't do it on your own. So we're going to talk about that. Let's go to, what did I say? Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 13 and 14. And you being dead in your sins. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Have he quickened together. With him. In other words, he made you alive together with him. Did you hear what I said? The life that he has, he has put in you. All right? With him having forgiven you all of your trespasses. Not some, but all. All right? So how... Are you ever going to love with unforgiveness in your heart? If it is, listen to me, unforgiveness, you are not accessing love. This in you being dead in your sins and the circumcision and uncircumcision of your flesh, he had quickened together with him because he loved you. He's giving you the life that he has, having forgiven you all of your trespasses. Is this making sense? Amen. Verse 14. Forgiving you all of your trespasses. Forgetting some of the stuff that you did. Huh? Y'all ain't loud enough for me. Forgiving, what? Forgetting all the, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, the things that would, that brought charge, there were charges that were against you, the things that you did against somebody. Can you blot those things out? The way he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, which was contrary to us. It was contrary to us. It was contrary to us. 
It was things that kept us at bay. It's things that drove us away, contrary to us, and took it out of the way. He nailed it to the cross. He nailed it to his cross. That scroll set up there, those charges that was against us. He nailed it to the cross. It's over. Thrown into the sea of forgetfulness because he did not consider himself. He considered you. He considered your hurt and your pain. He considered death was upon you. So he came to give you life. And not just any life. What kind of life? An abundant life. Can't you free people by forgiving them the way he freed you by forgiving you? He's given you the ability to do it. He has shed his love abroad in your heart so that you can love like he loves. Get over yourself. Let's look at Luke chapter 7, verses 42 and And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both, telling them, therefore, which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. The more you forgive someone, the more love you will receive from them. True forgiveness. True forgiveness will bring unity between you and that person or those persons. If you keep looking at the offenses, not only are you not forgiving them, but you are keeping yourself bound to the hurts of the past. You are staying bound and connected to those things. That means that whom the Son is made free is free indeed. But you have not been made free because you're staying connected to the hurt of the past. You keep bringing it up. You keep talking about, they did this to me. He did this to me. She did this to me. But you got the blessing of the Lord. But you won't walk in it. Life without limits, you'll never see it. Is this making sense this morning? Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 2. Everybody say, I forgive, I forgive. Everyone, everyone that's hurt me, that's, hurt me. that's offended me, 
I have the ability. I have the love of God shed abroad in my heart. And I love like Jesus loves. I forgive like Jesus forgives. Amen. What did I say? 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse uh, uh, 7. Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Let me. Oh, that makes. Oh, I, I hate to see the devil do that to people. All right, here we go. Let's start at verse 5. Start at verse 5. All right. But if any has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. So contrarywise, you ought rather to what? Forgive and comfort him. Listen to me. To forgive him and comfort him. To free him. Because you are free. So, uh, uh, verse, uh, oh, okay. So, contrarywise, you ought to rather forgive him and comfort him, less, less meaning to prevent the possibility, perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with over much sorrow. Do you know how many family members are hurting because the family, other family members won't forgive them? Won't? Show the love of God towards them? Do you know how many friendships have been broken up because you can't show love and forgiveness towards that person? You know why? Because you think too highly of yourself. Because you're full of pride. Because you don't see God's other children the way you see yourself. Because you can't see through the eyes of God from the love that's shed abroad in your heart because you're looking through your offenses, to, what, to that which offended you, that which hurt you in the past, and that which is still hurting you right now. And we hurt because we haven't received the forgiveness and the love that Jesus has provided for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, a lot of it's out of ignorance because we don't know. That's why you need to be in a place that is a Bible-believing and a Bible-teaching church. The Bible says we have peace with God. If we have peace with God, we should be at peace with other people. With man. Amen. Where am I at? So contrary wise, you ought rather to forgive him, comfort him to prevent the possibility perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with over much sorrow. Wherefore, 
I beseech you or urge you that you would confirm your love towards them. Look what we just talked about. You can't even show love because you can't forgive. That means you're not connected to the love of God that's shed in your heart. That means that your heart is being influenced by the world system, by the way men do things, by un the way unregenerate people do things, not the way God's children, the ones that carriers of the life and nature of God on the inside of them. Not You're not living from your life and the nature that God has placed on the inside of you. You're still being influenced by your soul, man. By your mind, will, and emotions is what's driving you, not the life and nature of God that's on the inside of you. Amen? Wherefore, I urge you that you would confirm your love towards them, for to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you whether you be obedient to all things. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. If I forgive anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes in the person of Christ. In other words, I am doing this from my new man. I am living from the inside. I am living from the Christ that's on the inside of me. Oh, this is good to me. Now watch this. Now watch this. I said all that to say this. Exactly what Paul said. Next verse. Lest, to prevent the possibility that Satan should get an advantage of us or over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. When you live in unforgiveness, when you're not forgiving, you, you have given Satan the advantage. I know you've been hurt. I know you've been through a lot of things. I know you probably struggled from childhood to the day you got born again and even beyond. But the truth of the matter, you have been delivered. God's, it's not that he's going to deliver you. The deliverance is finished. It is called the finished work of Jesus Christ. And now it comes time for mind renewal into the finished word of God. You're never going to find your answers outside of the finished work of Jesus Christ. You can set up counseling from now till the cows come home and if it's not the word of God, if your word of God is not the center of it, you will continue to suffer. You will continue to blame people. You will continue to hold charge to people. You will continue to live in unforgiveness. You will continue to live in defeat. 
You will destroy your family. You will destroy your seed. You will see you living in unforgiveness. You will allow division to come in and scatter your family in every direction. He will scatter you all over the world. Your, 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 your loved ones. Do you believe it this morning? And if you don't, say, oh, me. Hallelujah. Look at that verse again. Less to prevent the possibility Satan should get an advantage over us. But we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant to the fact that he uses unforgiveness to keep us in a defeated posture. Amen? Romans chapter 4 and verse 7. Uh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Saying, blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Matter of fact, let me back up. Let me back up. Ooh, glory to God. Let's go to, well, let me, let me go to verse 1. All right. What shall we say then? Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, have found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. In other words, in himself. In himself. Listen to me. Listen to me. You have not been justified by your works. So stop living according to your works. Stop living according to your works according to your past, according to the way you do things. For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh in the, uh, for him that worketh, if he, <laughs> now to him that worketh, in other words, in his own strength, is reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, who forgive the ungodly for the many trespasses, who justify the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness without works. Forgiveness. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are what? Forgiven. And whose sins are covered. Happy. Blessed. Happy are they. Happy are they. Whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And blessed is the man to whom 
the Lord will not impute sin. Amen? Forgiveness. Deliverance. Let me tell you something. When you forgive, you are, you are extending the deliverance that Jesus gave us to other people. It's expanding because you've forgiven them. You understand? Satan's always going to come at you one way or the other. What did Jesus tell the disciples? What's that verse of scripture? I don't know why I didn't write that down. He said, how often should we forgive? He said, seven. He said, no, seven times 70 per day. Per day. We are to live in total forgiveness. It will, it, it will allow us to walk in the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. It will help us to walk to receive the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us. He said, I came that you would have life. He said, it's the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, but I came that you would have life and that you would have uh, an abundant life. And you would have life more abundantly that you would live in. He said, whom the Son has made. See, in that abundance came freedom because he said, whom the Son has made free. To be free is free indeed. If you are living in unforgiveness, you are not living in your freedom. You're bound. You're bound. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen. Luke 6:37 Luke 6 chapter 37 Here is when Jesus was speaking on the Sermon on the Mount. He said here, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Let me talk about this for a minute. When you judge somebody, what are you judging them according to? Or law, right? I mean, really, honestly, and, and, and according to a worldview, you're judging them. We have been delivered from having to fulfill the law on our own. So if you're judging other people, that means you have more confidence in the law than the freedom that God gave you through Jesus Christ. You have more confidence in what the law can do versus what faith in Jesus Christ has done. It does for us. Is this making sense? And remember, look here in verse, the next, uh, that's the next part of that verse. Where is that at? 637. And it says, condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. The scripture says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit we need to walk after the spirit because there's no condemnation so why would you bring condemnation on somebody else 
that means you don't believe it. That means you don't have any faith toward it. See, when God, he was, this is, this, this is king, he was teaching them kingdom here. They didn't understand what was going on here. We, we go back and we make this about law, but he's telling us how the kingdom is supposed to work here. This is what the kingdom should look like. Don't judge because you're not being judged by the law. You're now seen through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We need to begin to see others, and especially everybody. We need to be seen, begin to see others through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And not our, our own opinion because we get mad because we got to be satisfied because we got to have our way because you did this to me. It ain't about you. And if you were more like Jesus, you'd make it more about that other person because you would bring them freedom through forgiveness. Then it goes here and it says, and then forgive and you shall be forgiven. The reason you don't forgive, uh, you don't forgive so you don't really believe that you're forgiven. You can never believe that you're 100% forgiven if you don't forgive. In other words, you can never truly believe that God is fully and completely and totally forgiven you. Unless you can totally and completely forgive others and begin to see them the way that God sees them. So what does that mean? That means now you can intercede. That means you can pray for that person and you can begin to intercede and speak life over that person and recognize that we wrestle, as the scripture says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but there's an enemy that wants to keep an advantage over you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have to, we have to understand we have to die to ourselves. When your life is ruled by Christ in you and not ruled by your own mind, you cannot and you will not think the same. When your life is ruled by Christ in you. Christ is in you. As I told them, we said earlier, the heart is a passageway of the life that's in you. And if that heart is cluttered up with this world system, then the life of Christ that's in you can never be released into your circumstance, into your situation, into this world. Because it's cluttered up with unforgiveness and world system and the world thinking and the world's way of doing things. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God.